Hey guys, welcome to another exciting episode of the MapCon podcast. I'm your host, Chio Dogu. My guest today is the lovely Amy Joshua. So before we start talking to Amy, let me just give you a quick rundown of what MapCon is all about. MapCon is an annual podcast festival that's called the Mid-Atlantic Postcard Festival. It's in September the 7th and the 8th. This year, it's going to be held at the Philadelphia South Sweetboro Hotel, the Holiday Inn to be specific. And there are going to be many podcasters who are going to take the stage and share a little bit about their podcasting journey and give you, the audience and the listeners, tips and tricks of how to become a better podcaster. Some of the podcasters will include Super Joe Pardo, Harry Duran, my guest speaker today, Amy Joshua, Mary Nichols, Neil Galache, Dave Jackson, and a lot more. It will be a two-day event, so you're expected to come on Friday. In the morning, you get a podcasting boot camp, as well as uh, some gifts and prizes, some breakout sessions with the speakers. On Saturday also, there will be a creativity workshop. There will be lots of giveaways. There will be tons of events and more. So it's really something to look out for if you have nothing better to do and you just want to get your skills up so that you can learn how to become a better podcaster, a better speaker, and connect with your audience at large. Of course, there will be virtual tickets if you can't make it live to South Swedeboro, and all you have to do is go to the Podcast Mid-Atlantic website, and you can get more information about how to get tickets. So with that said, I'm going to transition over into the interview and talk to my guest today, who's Amy Joshua. So let me give you a quick bio about Amy. Amy is the founder of the Chasing Dreams podcast. She works to inspire and motivate people to chase their own dreams. She's going to tell us today about her business, her background, and how she got mixed up in this crazy world of podcasting. So with that said, Amy, welcome to the show. Hi, Chi. How's it going? Good, good, good. How are you doing this uh, lazy Saturday? It's a beautiful Saturday, so I have no complaints. Awesome, awesome. All right, Amy, so tell us a little bit about yourself and your background. How did you get mixed up in this whole world of podcasting? Or even before you got into podcasts, just tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I have a background in computer science and law, which has nothing to do with podcasting, but it goes to show I had a restless spirit. It was mm. one where I was trying to figure out what my what was my purpose in life and trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And I enjoyed computers, which is why I went that route. Mm -hmm. I wanted to go to law school because I wanted to be able to do anything. I felt that um, it would give me the tool set I needed to just kind of go with confidence in any pursuit I took. So in figuring out my purpose, I thought it was a great path. I don't regret it mm -hmm. uh, except for the six figure debt. Wow. Uh, I don't regret it, but um, it really helped me to kind of, be more confident mm -hmm. within myself. Not that you have to go to law school to do that, but for me it did. Um, and as I was working, I had some free time on my hands and I had heard about podcasting. And one of the things I do, and it goes back to my uh, great uncle who was a bishop in India who had a mission center and would always give back to the community. And he always instilled that in us about giving back. And so one of the things I wanted to do was, is help inspire others. And so I had a niece, a cousin who she was young, teenager, about to go to college. And I was like, Hey, what do you want to do? And she's like, Oh, you know, years ago it was writing. She had such a passion for it. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden it was, you know, I'm just going to go and be a nurse. And cause, cause there's safety in that. Mm -hmm. And she just had no mention of writing at all because there's no one out there that has done it that 
made her comfortable with it. I'm sure outside yeah. pressures, family, uh, friends probably kind of intimidated her, but that really bothered me because I, I, you know, as one, her older sister kind of figure, I was disheartened to hear that she wasn't going to be chasing her own dreams. So I made it a point. I wanted to highlight people who were doing things that other people would want to do. Mm. And, you know, I didn't know what I was doing in podcasting before I came to that revelation. I just wanted to kind of get my voice out there. And yes. so it began with just talking about things. And then slowly it began bringing my friends on and having those conversations about what are you doing? Why are you doing it? What do you enjoy? And it just kind of kept going. And in the meantime, parallel to that, I had started a separate podcast because I had so much fun with doing it. Mm -hmm. uh, I did a second podcast called Revisiting Haven about the sci-fi TV series Haven, which is on Netflix if anybody wants to watch it. And you know, um, at the same time, I'm doing this. Is, oh, sorry to interrupt you. Is, yeah, Haven, yeah. is Haven the one where they were in some city like that, secluded, and lots of stuff was happening? I I vaguely recall. Similar, what, what, similar. Yeah, everybody had the troubles. Yes, yes. So people had um, conditions that mm -hmm. kind of prevented them. So instead of superpowers, yes. they called it troubles because it wasn't necessarily a helpful thing. Yes. Right. So like one person wasn't able to feel anything, mm. um, where other people had other powers. So it. It was that kind of a show and I really enjoyed it. And, you know, through the power of social media, I found a co-host, someone else who enjoyed the show. And we created what was technically, I guess, my second podcast, but really for me, my first official podcast. Yeah. And as that was going, I gained confidence in podcasting because yeah. people were listening. You know, when my when I just did my own Joe Schmo kind of podcast talking about nothing, my friends listened, but it really wasn't getting out there. But I saw the power of podcasting through the Revisiting Haven one and you know, with that podcast, I got, we went to uh, Nova Scotia, Canada, met the casting crew, did interviews with them, wow. all with the power of podcasting, right? Wow. Right. Yeah. And that that's still to this day my feeling about this. And so seeing the power of that, seeing people receive it, I thought, you know, seeing my other podcast that was slowly kind of showing these interview styles of talking to people about their dreams and what they want to do. I decided, you know, if I want to do this, I should really do this right. Yeah. And so my first podcast morphed into the Chasing Dreams podcast. I actually raised money for it. I did a GoFundMe okay. and I learned a lesson, you know, don't, don't sell yourself short up front. You know, I didn't think anybody would donate. Okay. I, what, what do you mean? I, Explain that a little bit. So a GoFundMe raised to raise money. And so if you're doing podcasting, you guys know, yeah. you don't necessarily need everything to podcast, but I wanted to do it professionally. I wanted to do it correctly. And mm -hmm. so I went to, um, propodcastingsolutions.com and I looked on their website and they have these packages for different levels of podcasting to just kind of help people, you know, do what they want to do. And so I found numbers and I was like, okay, I'm going to get the beginner package. And so I did GoFundMe for like, I think $600. Gee, I raised that money in an hour Wow! from family and friends and it kept coming. And I, I told my friends, I was like, should I raise the bar? Like, why did you sell yourself short? Mm. Aim for as high as you want, get the best. So that, then I re reconfigured everything. I was like, okay, if I'm going to do this, what is the most that I need? And that, that included getting intro and outros put together, artwork made, uh, that included getting equipment, a mixer, a head amp, a 
compressor gate, right? All this stuff that is professional. Mm -hmm. And so I went from $600 to putting, I think, a a $4,000 goal. And within that time of doing this, I think it was within a week, two weeks, we re- I raised over $4,000. Wow. Yeah, because people believed in the mission of what we were doing. Yeah. And people believed in, they had no idea what podcasting was. Mm-hmm. No idea. But they believed in the mission and the purpose of it and thought, if this is going to help her do it, let's support it. And yeah. here we are today. Um, I'm not sure when this episode's recording, but I just recorded episode 149 of the podcast and episode 150 is about to come in two weeks. Wow. That is, that is amazing. That is amazing. And And how long have you been running your podcast? So I've been podcasting since 2003. Okay. But the chasing dreams podcast is, is going into three years in September. Wow. Since 2000, man, that is even before podcasting became cool because it, I think it was, <laughs> a, it was around, around that 2013, 2014 where. Oh, really you know what? No, let me, let me, let me clarify. 2013, not down, not 2003. Okay. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was like, no, I wasn't with the cool people. 2013. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it wasn't because, that long ago. Okay. Yeah. Because it was around that time. A lot of people got in the space. Yes. And I, and I still yes. see a lot of the faces from back then because I too, uh, it's kind of like your, your story of chasing dreams. I too, around that point, I was working in New York as management consultant and I was just kind of bored just going to work day to day. And the only friend I had really enjoyed working with was another person that had like the same entrepreneurial spirit. Well, he quit and left. And so oh. before he left, he sent me like a list of links to like, you know, keep me engaged and keep me busy. And some of, one of it was, uh, uh, what's his name? Pat Flynn's uh, podcast. I was like, what the heck is many, a podcast? Many podcasters know Pat Flynn, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, what the heck is a podcast? So I started listening. Once Once I got into one, I got into all of it. And then I got into John Lee Dumas. And then I, I was like, you know what? I think I should start my own podcast. And then I looked around to try and see if I could learn, join all the all the, um, what do they call the groups on Facebook. And that, that's how I got started. Because up until then, I used to enjoy going to iTunes University and listen to like college level courses. Right. I, n- I never knew there was something called podcast in there. I wish I had discovered it earlier because I think I would have probably started earlier. But it just shows you the power of like, you know, once you set your mind to do something, you know, the universe starts to provide the tools you need. Like you yes. set your mind to help tell the stories of people chasing their dreams to to fulfill what is not necessarily um well I say uh what's the word I'm looking for now? What is not necessarily seen as, you know, proper or not even proper, but more like, you know, normal. Because you're not traditional, not traditional. That's the word. <laughs> hmm. Something that is not traditional, like your niece that wanted to write. But of course, uh, coming from uh, an Indian background, I'm from an African background. I know if you I had mentioned, yeah, yeah, I know if I had said, Oh, I wanted to be a writer, they were like, Are you, are you mad? You better go to yeah. school and be, <laughs> you better go to school and be a doctor, lawyer, accountant, you know, engineer, engineer, yeah. some, something we can see and understand. All this, oh, right, right. What are you going to do? How are you going to pay your rent? Right? Ah, I can just imagine my mom. <laughs> these are the com- these are common conversations. Absolutely. Yeah. 
But now look at the look at the way the world is. Writers make tons of money. You can write for websites. You can write for movies. You can do even making videos on YouTube. You know, there, there's there's so many ways to actually profit from the things that were non-traditional. That it's almost like why are we even bothering to put people in a box very early in terms of oh you must be a doctor, lawyer, banker, and Another thing I noticed that I observed recently is that if we look around the world, the highest paid people or the people that seem more fulfilled are the ones that don't seem to have the traditional careers like right. lawyers, doctors. It's like people that are actors or sportsmen. I'm, I'm not just calling them sports, even comedians too. That you know what, comedy takes a long time to actually harness that skill and become good. But, sure. but once you, you get good at that skill, it's like one gig pays for everything you need to do for like a year or two years. Very few comedians work more than a couple gigs a year, whereas a lot of people are stuck in working 40-hour week jobs. They hate themselves, they hate their co-workers, and they live for the weekend. So I really applaud the fact that you're trying to bring out the stories of people chasing their dreams and going for things that don't seem to be realistic in the sight of the world. Well, thank you. I mean, because the thing is, right, the most common overused and underappreciated phrase, and, and I, I don't want to say underappreciated, I think it's actually overused and misinterpreted phrase is overnight success. Yes. Right? Because even your example of the comedian only having to do one or two, three shows a year is they work day in and day out mm-hmm. perfecting their routine, mm-hmm. perfecting their performance. And doing the small clubs, doing the comedy clubs and college circuits, and sometimes even putting on their own shows to build an audience and a brand. Yeah. And it's just showing them, hey, you can do it. It may not be easy, and it's definitely not traditional, but you can do it. Yeah. Very true. Very true. So what... Well, we've talked a lot about, you know, what you've done in the world of podcasting. And uh, I kind of have a few standard questions here. But I think what I want to ask you is um, when it comes to building your show, like this this festival, this MapCon, a lot of us are going to be podcasters and there will be a few non-podcasters in there. But Mm -hmm. in terms of growing your audience now, what have you found to help you you know, build your audience base, find your listener base and kind of build that tribe you need to to say, you know what, I'm actually going to keep doing this even though I may not be getting the million, two million, ten million downloads that a lot of big name podcasters right. have. Yeah. You know, it's it's about it's not just podcasting. Podcasting, you can absolutely podcast, but it isn't the field of dreams where if you make it they will come. Yes. Um you have to you have to do some a little bit more. You have to do some marketing. There's mm-hmm. going to be some need for social media. What I've noticed is the more often I post it on social media, the the spike I would have in downloads. Really? So so when I posted, I would find that there was a there were more downloads because people would be more aware of it. You know, so you get new people, you get uh other things. So like if you're posting every other day or something to kind of let people know, Hey, this podcast is out there, then you're going to, you're going to kind of educate people of, Hey, we're out there. Right. Cause mm-hmm. iTunes listings only have so much. You're not going to be on that front page. You're not going to get direct exposure. True. Same with Spotify, same with Google play, iHeartRadio, radio, et cetera, et cetera. You know, you're going to have those select people who subscribe 
but you're going to have to kind of to find new people do a little bit more work, either post on social media, do a Facebook ad, um, or Instagram ad if it is, and kind of market yourself in other ways to get more exposure of your podcast, whether it's interviews like what we're doing right now, Mm -hmm. you know, that kind of a thing. So podcasting is podcasting, but very few people can just podcast and not do the additional marketing. Yeah. Uh, You know, I I think Pat Flynn is one who doesn't have to do additional marketing. He does. Mm -hmm. He posts when his new episodes are out and stuff, but if he didn't, he would still have thousands of downloads. Yeah. But that's also because he's built his brand in such a way that people trust him. People look for him. People follow him. Yes. So there's more to it than just podcasting. Yeah. It's it's actually making yourself visible and keep sharing your message until it starts resonating with a group of people who then start that network effect of telling their people and on and on it goes until you find yourself having the tribe. I love that. I love yeah. that. I love that. And what do you hate about podcasting? What do I hate about podcasting? Um, show notes. <laughs> my worst, <laughs> my worst uh, is show notes. I outsource my show notes. For, for re- revisiting Haven, I did all the show notes. Okay. Um, so for like 50-some episodes, that was all me. And even for for a few of no for for the first show I did my own show notes, but it's so time consuming, and mm-hmm. I want to make sure it's quality content yeah. that I know my strength and I know my weaknesses. Mm-hmm. And show notes are not a strength necessarily. Yeah. I could do it; it would just take so much longer than if I had someone else do it. True. I agree with you completely. I even have the same problem, both in show notes and in editing. I, mm. I, I used to do both of them religiously up until the point where I was like, oh, it's taking me so long to edit my episodes. And majority of the edits have to do with me making a mistake or missing mm-hmm. something and having to clean up after myself and not necessarily the guest. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to commit to being a better speaker, train myself. And I won't edit. And, so, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I see it this way, right? My strengths are in other areas. Yeah. Me outsourcing allows other people to chase their own dreams and passions mm. of podcasting and editing and show notes. So really, I'm just continuing to spread my help in people chasing their dreams. Oh, that's a, that's, that's a good way to look at it. So, so basically, my nightmare is somebody else's dream. Yes. More or less. Absolutely. There are some people very passionate about audio editing. True, true. And some people who are just passionate about sharing the message and are, have a way with words. Yeah, very true. Very true. I remember um, Daryl Darnell. I don't know if you know him. He's one of Darryl the Daryl does my editing. Oh, Daryl does. Oh, awesome. Daryl does my editing. <laughs> yeah, because I had him on my show not too long ago, and I also released his podcast, and he sent me some wonderful tips about editing and my quality just to make things sound proper. And mm-hmm. he was also telling me about, um, cause I used to listen to his, um, person of interest podcast. I didn't know he was the one on it. It was until. Ah, uh, yes. He does all the, the golden spiral media. Yes, yes, yes. And I was like, that's one of my favorite ones. I just, it never clicked in my mind that you were. That it was him? Yeah, no, never clicked. So. Daryl uh, came to into my life through Cliff Ravenscraft. He was very Cliff was very busy mm. and had recommended Daryl to 
do an audit of my initial show, mm-hmm. um, you know, before I did Chasing Dreams. And I wanted to kind of say, okay, how do I improve this? And Daryl gave me a rundown of, hey, we need to fix this, 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 and this. And, you know, ever since then, he actually is the one who did my intro, my outro, my initial podcast artwork. Um, and ever since we've been friends and he's been on the show and he's kind of uh, been apart and I, I don't see him going anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. True. Awesome guy. Awesome guy. Does awesome work. Awesome. Yes. Work. Very much a giver. Yeah. Yeah. So as we start to wind down the show, Amy, I've got um, one or two wrapping up questions for you. Sure. One of the first ones is in the next, Let's let's call it in the near term, so because we're now at the halfway point of the year. In the next, um, let's call it six to twelve months. Where do you see your podcasting journey going? You know, it's interesting. As we get to episode one fifty, mm-hmm. um, you know, when you hit milestones, uh, you start wondering: Do I continue the way I am? Do you adjust what you're doing? And that's that's one of the conversations I'm having with myself right now. So yeah. I, I see the podcast continuing. I probably see it continuing in its same format. I think what I want to do is find find out what people want to hear. Okay. Maybe maybe there are occupations they didn't know about. Mm-hmm. And if I can find those people, you know, try to get some recommendations, so to speak, referrals of people they want to hear from. Um but I, I see the podcast continuing and just continuing to grow. That's one of the things I want to so focus on in the next six to 12 months is growing the podcast in terms of listeners. And so doing that, but also kind of supplementing the podcast with other information through my articles and blog on the website. And so trying to be a well-rounded podcast. So. Okay. That's, I think, what you can see in next year. Okay. And concerning MapCon, it's coming up in September. It is. Uh, what can we expect for you from you on the stage? Fun. <laughs> Fun. So one of the things I, I get feedback on is my interactions with my guests. Okay. And a lot of people say they, they really enjoy that. The guests usually enjoy the experience of from beginning to end. I try to cater to them. And last year we talked about white glove service this year. I want to kind of flip it and talk about the audience and the mm. when, why, and how of reaching your audience. And so we're going to kind of look at the other side of the mic and not at the guest, but at the audience. Okay. Cool. I will be looking forward to hearing more about that on that day. So for those uh, still on the fence, and have not purchased tickets or are still considering coming to MapCon, what would you advise them to do? I would advise you to attend. So the thing with MapCon, and a lot of people have given this feedback, is it is a great place for practical applications. It's great to learn from the audience. Everyone is so helpful and supportive. You'll meet and learn about resources. You will learn. If you ever had a doubt about whether to start a podcast, I think a lot of people make that decision at MapCon. So whether you're in the beginning, you're in the middle of podcasting, you've been podcasting, MapCon is a wonderful place to learn more, network, and take your podcast to another level. All right. So you heard it from Amy, folks. 
if you're going to take your podcasting, if you're going to take your speaking skills, if you're going to take your general skills to a higher level, I mean, what better place than to come and learn from people who are already doing it and are always willing to share to help you get to where you need to go so that you grow with confidence and with peace of mind. So that's it from us on this episode of the MapCon podcast. It's me, Chiodogo, and I want to thank Amy for coming to share her story and her words of wisdom on this fine Saturday. Thank you for having me. See you guys at MapCon.